Welcome to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B growth podcast. I'm Alex Hipwell. Each episode, we bring you B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what makes them successful and what was behind their failures. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shane Hoda with X-Growth, and today I'm talking to Vanvisa Brown, head of demand gen at DiviPay. We're talking about Van's experience moving from a large organization into a fast-growing, nimble startup. This is a question on the minds of a lot of marketers as COVID has accelerated the growth of many startups, specifically in the SaaS space, and as a result, opening many opportunities. But moving from a secure, large organization to a startup can be a daunting move for many. And that's why I'm talking to Van to better understand why she made the decision and If you, as a listener, are thinking about a similar move, what should you go and do and how should you go about making that decision? On that note, Van, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me today. It's an absolute pleasure, Van. So give me a quick snapshot of your journey, right? Moving from a a large organization and now at DiviPay. I joined my previous company in 2017 when they just received $30 million funding from the Series B round and valued at $160 million. When I left in 2020, the company was valued at $1.3 billion. So I, when I joined, um, the team was still quite small, but quite sophisticated. I've learned a lot over the years. And I got to a point where the team has grown too big for me. And my responsibility used to be able to move around to solve different business problems to solving one or two problems and have to really get like deep into solving that problem. I felt a bit restricted and I thought maybe it was the time for me to move on. But then obviously I had the opportunity to join either a larger organization or something similar or go different direction to very small startup. I didn't actually think though that what kind of startup I wanted to join. What really in my mind at the time was I was looking to bring all the knowledge and experience that I've gained over the years and go somewhere else and be able to make a big impact. And that was one of the um, top criteria for me to to basically select which organization I wanted to apply. Having to interviews with a lot of organizations to help me realize what type of organizations or teams that when I join will give me that opportunity. Mm. So, yeah, definitely um, be able to make the impact is my number one criteria. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I think... You know, when you move from a from a big organization to a smaller one, uh, you're right. I mean, one person can make a massive difference, and uh, and you could be working on on really big big projects, big in the sense of the organization on the scale of organization. I've been part of bigger organizations where it's really hard to make change. You know, you you're there and you you clock in and clock out every day, and and it, it's hard to sometimes it's hard to see the change that you're you're making across the whole organization, where in a smaller team, that's much easier. Tell me about how did you evaluate making the move? Like when you were sitting down at, at and, and for, for our listeners, do uh, what was the name of the previous organization you were in? Safety culture. Safety culture, right. So 
you know, at Safety Culture, they, I mean, they turned into a billion dollar unicorn. When you were sitting down, you're like, you know, what, I want to make, I want to move and and join an organization that's gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be able to make a big impact. How did you evaluate that decision of yours? So making an impact is one thing, but I also need to think of two other things, which is what am I going to learn in my next role, and how am I going to be able to progress in my career in my next role and the roles after that as well. So. When I had the opportunity to go through um, interviews with various companies and going through different job requirements and the metrics and what the company wanted to achieve for that particular market or role, it became clear definitely in terms of what are my skill sets, my strengths and weaknesses, and how are they going to be aligning with what the companies were looking for at the time for those roles. And when I basically evaluate all of these things and kind of go, right, I believe that they're looking for someone and that person is definitely me. I can do all those things. And what am I going to be learning from doing all this? And how is that going to also help me grow professionally too? It's it's really important to make to make that decision and making sure that it is going to be a good move. However, if it's not, then it's not the end of the world either because, you you know, when you're looking for a different challenge, when you're making the newest move in your career, you either go with some something that you feel also comfortable. I've done this and I've done this before. I have, this is my skill sets and I can do it again. Or you're looking for something that like, actually, this is something that I haven't done before. I haven't worked for a fintech company fast-growing startup that's basically growing, doubling the users at the very early stage. And now they wanted someone with these skill sets that I can fulfill and be able to make an impact when I join. That that just, that's, and also like the excitement, right? When you go through interviews, if you're not feeling excited after having a chat with the hiring manager, then why would you want to be working for those companies? But some of the um, organizations that I've, when I talked to um, the hiring managers, I felt like I wanted to be part of this team. I wanted to make sure that I get shortlisted and, and moved on to the next round. There, there's a lot of that excitement too. And, and that was important because when someone was at the point where they wanted a change, like myself at the time, I was looking for that excitement in my next move. Excitement. I like that. Excitement and learning. I think those are really, really good points. And I think as an evaluation factor, it's it's a quite an interesting way to look at it. That if you are, you know, if you're looking for excitement, go work for a startup. That is, there's plenty of excitement packed in there, good and bad. And uh, they're going to hit you in the face left and right every day that you're working in there. I feel like, you know, for myself, the experiences that I remember very vividly are experiences that I was in an environment with very little support. And whether that is, you know, you you jump in a company that does not have a lot of support, right? Um, Does not have a lot of systems or, or processes or whether it's you, it could be even in life. Yeah. You go, you go hiking somewhere and you haven't done a hike before like that. And you're like, oh my God, what do I do for this? It requires a, a level of 
resourcefulness that when you get it done, it becomes so satisfying because you've put so much of yourself in it uh, as opposed to be part, part of the system. I, I really like what you say, you know, you got to make sure you get excited and you, you have to make sure that you're looking at it so that you, you know what you're going to learn from it. What, what were some of the concerns you had when you were making the decision? Because you, you are coming from a big organization and there, is, there are some anxieties of going t- towards a smaller organization. What were some of the concerns that you had when, you know, when you were kind of making your decision? Concerns would be, number one, how much resource am I going to get? And what sort of budget am I going to be working with? And the other thing would be, what type of teams and expectations am I going to be working with? Because I've been with Septic Culture for a long time before I left. I felt quite comfortable in my role and comfortable working with people within the organization. There, there were just a lot of uncertainties, I believe. Definitely a lot of uncertainty that played in my my mind, my brain at the time. When you were making the call, yeah. Yep. I'd imagine. I'd imagine. I think those are really good point. Uh, your budget, the team, the, the team that you're going to be working with and, and the expectations. And I feel like, especially if it's a startup and the leadership can't get her, their head around marketing, it could be a really challenging task for the first uh, first marketing hire. I wanted to make a point on that, actually. It's very important to make sure that you spend time with the leadership team and also the product team um, through the interview process to make sure that they actually understood marketing and also set the expectation in terms of what they expect of this role and this person and how much they know about marketing. That actually going to help whether you're going to be able to come in and make the change straight away or do you still need to basically come in and trying to get the buy-in and that will also slow the process of making the impact, mm. for example, in the first few months. Yeah, really good point. A really good point. And it's something that people should not take lightly, making sure that your leadership team really understands what you're trying to do and and what is the effort that it takes to get that done and how long it would take. Now, I mean, now that you've been in, in the role for a while, what would what would be your advice to yourself when you're doing the evaluation? I mean, looking back, what would you say to yourself? Advice for someone else, I would say just don't rush into it because if you come from a large corporation, definitely you need to prepare yourself to change your mentality. Um, number one, mentality to, to basically be able to work and having like a one-man band to execute everything you know. So if you are across 20 different things um, working for a large corporation and have all the resources at your fingertips slack away and then you get the files in your inbox etc that is not going to happen in a very small startup yeah you gotta i love that you have to change your mentality and you gotta think about you're gonna be responsible for everything i i really like that response and and it's so true and it's and it's very unexpected it's a it's a very unexpected event for a lot of people who who join a smaller organization. What you know, if if somebody and we've touched on this to some degree, right? We in terms of the differences between a large established company and a and a and a, and a startup, 
I mean, we talked about the, the differences between resources. You're not going to have resources much. You're going to be responsible for pretty much everything yourself as a, as a first marketing hire. So what, are, what, are, what are some of the other differences that you would say between large and small organizations? First of all, the data set. Ah. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is relevant, but if you're a data-driven marketer, you, ha- you would definitely have a large data set to work with working for a larger company with a lot of users and a lot of events. And, you know, like there's a lot of story that you can draw from. But with this smaller um, company, you're probably not going to have a lot of users and events and a lot of data set to, to work with. And sometimes you do, but it doesn't look significant enough for you to be making the decision. However, you still need to use it as the baseline to make the decision whether what are you going to do and what what move are you going to make next, for example. So um, that's just number one. Number two is definitely um, technology and infrastructure. Um, larger company definitely have all that and they keep improving the way they do things through the technology stack. Um, it doesn't seem like there will be an issue. The, the the problems that I had previously was we had too much data to work with. We had too many tools to work with. But for a smaller company, or especially startup, obviously they're not going to have a large investment to put in. And and basically you will get different tools to get, you know, like intent data or having that light license for different things, have the enterprise um, license for some of the tools and come back to that I wanted to also um, mention that what shocked me the most was some of the tools that I have used in the past when I had some issues I could just send a ticket to a support team not not the internal support team but like the vendor support team and they will help me solve those issues straight away but working for a smaller company, they are not actually willing to, to help out. They would just basically send links and emails and some of the companies or vendors basically said, or oh, because you have less amount of etc. like events. You're or, in a lower tier. Yeah. Definitely. I wasn't re- ready for that and get rejected to, to having that one-on-one chat with a customer support, for example. I wasn't ready for that. I felt like I I get rejected just because I worked for a smaller startup. That is not fair. But um, but I understand the reasoning behind all that. Yeah, those are those are solid points. Okay, Van, I have a few rapid questions that I want to ask you. But before I ask the rapid questions, is there is there anything else that you think we need to touch on with regards to kind of moving from a large organization into a startup that I maybe haven't touched on? No, I think we covered quite a fair bit. Definitely um, readjust your mentality, your working style. The metrics are pretty much always the same, regardless whether you're working for a larger company, if you're in the demand gen, in product marketing, in performance marketing, still with the same metrics, but it's just different level of operations and how fast can you move, how much budget do you have, and having the buy-in is always important, whether you're working for a larger team, smaller team, making sure that you take everyone through the journey with you, explain, take the time and get the right support, get the buy-in from various teams. And even though you don't have the, the team, the marketing team to help you out, it is also important to remember that 
people from different teams also part of your team. I work closely with engineering team, product team, customer success team, sales team. They are willing to help you regardless because they know that we are small. We don't have a lot of resource. And one great thing that I also wanted to mention would be when you come from a larger company, remember you have a big network that you have built over the years. Reach out to those people. You'll be surprised how much work that they can also help like in terms of like outsourcing work they can like get you in touch with other freelancers and I use a lot of um, agencies and freelancers as well that's how I get things done fast because I'm just a team of one at the moment and we are hiring at the moment too but I am able to operate almost at the same level compared to where I came from just because I knew exactly what resource I need how to get there and who can help me getting all those resources for example that just that's just something that you you need to remember not because you just don't have a team you can create your own team and that team might look something different to what you have had in the past but you can just create whatever you wanted to 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 make sure that you can you can get your work done get the job done yeah leveraging freelancers and and external consultants and agencies got it okay let's do rapid questions i got i got uh, i got four okay the first one is what is one resource, it could be a book, a blog, a podcast, a talk, whatever it is, that fundamentally changed the way you work or live? This is different. I have a business coach and a business coach definitely has changed the way I think and work. I sometimes could discuss books, podcasts or whatever, like I could I could discuss about whatever and anything. But the business coach, what really helped me is to help me focus and and readjust my mentality sometimes that like is it really important is it not what did you learn from that and and if you're gonna be able to apply that but I, I, I find having a business coach in my career is definitely very valuable I love you saying that I love you saying that I feel like you know we get coaches for everything that we do right we get a coach for going to the gym you want to learn how to play tennis you get a coach for swimming for, you know, whatever it is, you, you get you get a coach or you hire a consultant, you want to go see a doctor. I mean, they're basically a consultant, but we don't get a coach. Most people do not get a coach for the thing that they do most, which is their work. And I love that you said that, uh, that, you, you, you know, you, you have a coach. I, I, I love it. All right. Let's go to question number two. If you could give only give one advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? Stay close to your customers. I'm very passionate about this because a lot of B2B marketers, when they work in the larger teams, they don't, they are too busy to really spending time with customers. Mm. And, and it's number one, it's like, how do we understand customers? Okay, let's jump on the data analytics dashboard and trying to understand the, the behavior, user behavior, et cetera. But no, sometimes when you just can't find the answer, go to customer and talk to them. Sometimes you don't have enough time or, you know, time poor. And I understand that. And I am also experiencing this too. Go to your product team and ask if there are some recordings that you can listen to. Ask your sales team if you can jump on a demo and just sit through and promise you're not going to say anything, for example. It's just so important to stay connected with your customers because sometimes they will give you that light bulb moment without you realizing it. It's so crucial. And it's so important. You're right. And we do so little of it. Third question. 
What are what are some of the influencers you follow in the marketing space? Sean Ellis. I listen to his podcast and also try to see what else he's published over the years. Mm. Um, there are some other B two B marketing leaders in this marketing space as well that I do follow. I often um, just see what their recommendations would be and try to see if I can actually deploy some of those tactics, et cetera, at my work or on my day-to-day job. Sean Ellis. All right. I mean, he is he is a legend when it comes to growth marketing. Last question is, what what is something that excites you about B2B today? I say technology stack. The reason being is, these days, you don't have to spend a lot of money to have the best tool in the market because there might be some big company that's trying to develop and, and build something and they might charge big dollars for it, for example. And the next minute, you will be seeing other companies that are trying to build almost the same product but target smaller B2Bs organizations or you know like smaller businesses and the price point is quite dramatically different and sometimes but the, the level of like service or the sophistication might not be the same however you don't need to spend a lot of money to have access to like the best technology stack these days compared to what it was like you know five ten years ago got it got it van Look, that was the last question I had. I I really appreciate your time and jumping on the podcast. I think a lot of our audience are going to get a lot out of listening to this, especially people who are thinking about moving to a smaller organization and, and making that jump. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been really fun. And I hope if you're thinking, if they're on any of in the audience thinking about making a move, you know what? Follow your gut feeling. If you think it's the right thing, do it. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Hey, it's Alex again from X-Growth. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help get the word out to other B2B professionals. If you're hungry for more B2B content, make sure to join our Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack, where we share the latest B2B news tactics, tips, and chat about problems we're facing in the B2B space and find solutions together. That's growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.